All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Friday, November 4th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, there are no huge new releases this weekend. Or are they? Well, we're, we're going to talk through that. Maybe there is one. We don't know. Or we do know, but you don't know yet. So uh, we've got we've got the weekend of Friday, November 4th to predict, to talk through. But Clayton, we also have some news items that we've been gathering from the week. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with just going through the, the box office news items? Let's do the news items and end with our predictions. Okay. I like it. So... First news item, this is something that uh, will pertain to the box office for the weekend of December 9th, but it was just announced this week that Father Stew, the Mark Wahlberg religious vehicle that came out in the spring, is getting re-released, and it's getting a new cut where it is being recut from the previously R-rated version to PG-13, and it will be re-released on December 9th under the title Father Stew Reborn. So it's getting a Once Upon a Deadpool-esque re-release. Clayton, is this Father Stew Reborn the future of movies? I, I mean, uh, that's a huge question I didn't expect you to ask. Right. So I got to keep you on your toes. I don't, I mean... A reconfigured version of a movie. I mean, we like you said, we saw that with Deadpool. And I, I think for this movie, the reasoning behind it is that this movie has a message that mm-hmm. could expand to a younger audience if it wasn't so gritty in some places. I've seen this movie. Is this a movie that you have seen, Pat? I have, I have not watched this. I've slightly considered watching it on, I think Netflix at one point and then immediately not done. So yeah, it's very long. Okay. So I do wish maybe they would edit it for, uh, that make it more short or mm-hmm. shorter. That'd mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think this is like a circumstance that is unique because Wahlberg put a lot of his own money into this movie mm-hmm. and he really wants to, He's a religious guy. He wants to bring, he wants to elevate, quote unquote, religious movies into being, quote unquote, real movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after watching this film, I he's done it in the sense that it looks like a real Hollywood film. It has a Hollywood star in it, as opposed to your Kevin Sorbo pictures. Right. And Kirk things, Cameron. And Dean Cameron. I mean, sorry, not Dean Cameron, uh, the summer school uh, and ski school. Uh, Dean Keynes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, your Dean Keynes. So I do think he wants to maybe cross this over to younger people to get the message across. That's why I think he's doing this. Okay. Now, this is a movie that's made $20 million domestic. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to look up what Once Upon a Deadpool made. So I'm looking at it. So Once Upon a Deadpool, which is the recut Deadpool 2 where they recut it into a PG-13 version. That came out uh, in December of 2018, had a month-long run. Its opening weekend, it made $2.6 million and came in number 12 at the box office. So okay. a pretty similar, basically the same spot in the calendar almost, where Father mm-hmm. Stew is coming out early December, mid-December. Yeah, and you know, Deadpool two was a gigantic hit. I probably made like two hundred million in its, you know, initial domestic run, maybe three hundred, and it opens to two point six million. Now the difference is, most people who would have wanted to see Deadpool had seen Deadpool or yes. Deadpool two at that point, and I don't think the adding the Fred Savage wraparound was that big of a draw. You know, the the meta, uh, uh, Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. aspect to it probably not that big of a draw but with father stew a movie that only made around 20 million in its first run there's still a lot of people who haven't seen father stew so that that audience is bigger now the audience that wants to see father stew is probably smaller than the audience that wants to see deadpool 2 yeah i mean this is a church bus movie but right. 
adults only, which well, is interesting uh, for father student. I mean, I guess you could bring a kid if you wanted to, but maybe the people who go see these films are more rigorous in how they parent their kids right. and keep them from maybe bad words and right. things like that. So I could see maybe he was getting feedback. Well, maybe that's... people said, hey, I really like that movie, but what about the kids? Oh, I can't, uh, my kids can't see this. Right. I think that is definitely a thing that happened because Mark Wahlberg, whatever you want to say about him, one thing you have to say is he goes to church every week because yes. he said that and he, mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't lie about it. He goes to church every week. He's probably at the bake sales and at the, you know, potluck uh, uh, after church breakfasts and all that. And he's talking to people. He's talking to the churchgoers. And you're right. I, I bet you he has heard that critique. He's heard that critique that we would have went to see Fathers Do. We, we wanted to see it, but we cannot go see R-rated films. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. can't do it. And if he, he hears that enough at his church, he probably visits other churches. When he's on set somewhere, he's going to whatever church is closest to the set. So that's what he's hearing. And, you know, I think any good creative person, any good business person, they keep their ear to the ground. They listen to the customers and he's hearing that the customers want there to be no curse words in this movie. Well, isn't there? And he's also, so the thing is, he's not completely neutering it. So it is going to be PG-13. Mm-hmm. Right. Which it's I, not G. He's not animating the film. No, no. And was there not a company, and they may still exist, where you where they edit movies to be watched at home, mm. and those movies are like I think they are completely neutered. Okay, so you think he brought in that third party service? Well, I mean, the thing is, you also are editing movies to play on basic cable, mm-hmm. and the fact that Father Stu was. Not a streamo, it was theatrical. It's got to get its TNT cut. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So, I, I think a TNT cut would probably be P- PG 13. And listen, uh, this movie does not have hardcore nudity. It doesn't have uh, things that, that I think are like really bad. But I think for, like I said, for that target audience that he wants to target, they're a little bit more conservative in what they allow right. their young, your, their youngsters. Now, have you seen this film all the way through? Could you confirm that Father Stu has no hardcore nudity? I'm sure it has no hardcore nudity. Okay. And no Terrifier 2-esque penis splittings or uh, skinnings or anything like like that. Nothing. Father Stu has no vomit-inducing violence. No. Okay. So the the cut to PG-13 may really just be dubbing over some words or uh i don't know cutting out maybe he has some angry glances that push well, he, R. he does he does uh, i don't want to spoil the movie for the the youngsters that are going to go see it but it, it, there there is an element of him joining the priesthood that is motivated by a woman I'll okay just say that. got it got it got it so now you just simply maybe you redub that part or you you know you insert some new shots and instead he's joining because of purely his love for Christ instead mm-hmm. of a woman. Yeah. And you just I mean, smooth that over. You smooth that over. So I do think listen, I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I was going to, but mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with the fact that Wahlberg is a very watchable presence. I I like seeing him on the big screen. It's a movie about transformation. It's a hard luck story. It's a lot of things that I enjoy. It's blue mm-hmm. collar. Right. I really like that. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth kind of stuff. Right. Strivers, dreamers. Right. Things right. like that. And I do think this movie could do well if it's marketed well, but I don't know how well it's going to be marketed and how widely it's going to be marketed. Mm-hmm. So do you think this is going to make as much as... Once Upon a Deadpool made, which is what, 2.6? It's opening weekend 2.6. I mean, it comes out the weekend before Avatar Way of the Water. So it's got it's got a good weekend to do something. 
uh-huh. and it'll probably be mostly against the um the Oscar movies coming out that no one is really that into. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, Christmas month. So at that point, religious families are going to be really in the groove. You know, they're going to yeah. be feeling their oats. So this movie's opening weekend was $5.4 million in April, this past okay. April. Um, Yeah, can it do half of that? In its re-release PG-13 opening weekend. I mean, we'll obviously predict this that weekend. I think it can. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that... Because in retrospect, I'm sure we talked about it at the time. In retrospect, I'm finding it crazy that Father Stu was rated R in the first place. Mm -hmm. It always should have been PG-13. So this is less a re-release and it's more putting out the version that always should have been. Yeah, we'll see if the church buses are in full effect in December. So, listen, we talked a lot about a movie that's not coming out for another six weeks and also did come out six months ago. Yeah. But I think Father Stu Reborn deserved that. That's a big story. It's a big story. Um, Another big story we should talk about is Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Possibly the greatest filmmaker alive one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. He gave an interview this week uh, in Variety, or is at the New York Film Festival, and he mentioned box office. Great. I'm so sure he, he had really great things to say about it. I mean, he's a box office champion. I mean, he's had big, huge movies, and he's benefited from box office, right? I mean, I mean, he's he is what we would consider a movie star director. Absolutely, he's a star. His movies, especially, crazily enough, the older he's gotten, yes. he's become a bona fide box office superstar. Wolf of Wall Street, and you know, all pretty much all of his Leo movies, The Departed, yeah, The Departed, huge hit, Shutter Island, huge hit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's I'm in a that. guy who brings it. I mean, even something like Hugo made like 90 million domestic, you know, he is just a box office star. Um, and this is what he had to say about box office, uh, at the New York film festival. So quote, since the eighties, there's been a focus on numbers. It's kind of repulsive. Scorsese said, uh, I understand a film costs a certain amount. They expect to get at least that amount back. The emphasis now on numbers, opening weekend, how much made in the USA, how much made in England, how much it made in Asia, how much it made in the entire world, how many viewers it got. As a filmmaker and as a person who can't imagine life without cinema, I find it really insulting. So that is what uh, Martin Scorsese said about the, the coverage and obsession with box office as he finds it repulsive. So... Impulsive. Clayton, do you take that at in any way personal? Do you feel like someone who I assume is also one of your favorite filmmakers? Absolutely. Do you find that he is calling you repulsive? I mean, he's calling my life's work repulsive. Okay. And you know, I cheered for him when he called Marvel movies roller coasters. Yes. Yes. And now when the shoe's on the other foot, I don't know how much I like it. Right. Because I mean, he's calling not just us, but he's calling Scott Mendelson repulsive. Yes. And he's calling Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. repulsive. He's calling mm-hmm. Brandon Gray. I mean, Brandon Gray, the man who invented Box Office Mojo, the site that that is one of the, the key factors in the democratization of box office coverage. Yes. Martin Scorsese is pretty much calling Brandon Gray repulsive. I mean, he's even call our, he's calling our our listeners, our wanna be o boys, wanna be o girls, wanna be o people, people repulsive. He's right. calling new wanna be o inst- intern Christopher repulsive. Right. He's calling Danny Eskimology, host of Ice Screen, You Scream for number four number movies. Four. He's calling Danny repulsive. Although I will say Danny's show does more focus on movie reviews, movie criticism. True. You know, his most recent episode, he did a great 
review of Black Adam. Everyone listen to that. It's a really great episode. So I think Marty uh, is 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 not so much calling Danny repulsive. He probably would find Ice Cream, You Scream, four number four number movies. Four. He'd probably find that an actual uh you know really enlightening piece of film criticism yes because he doesn't focus on the numbers but the bo boys focus on the box office focus on the numbers so i think this is a direct shot at us i don't know you know what would prompt a comment like this from martin scorsese you know what has changed in box office coverage in the last year or two honestly it is the emergence of the bo boys Mm-hmm. is probably, yeah. you know, because Scott Mendelson has been at the top of the mountain for a while. Exhibitor Relations Co. is foundational. Brandon Gray has been in the game for a long time. So it's had to be our continued emergence that would be the changing factor why Martin Scorsese would want to talk about box office right now. So why didn't he name names? Did he just, did he know we just know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it. We're emerging. We're riding one of the great hot streaks. The listenership goes up every week, but I'm not going to sit here and say that we're at Martin Scorsese's level. And so for him to name those names, we're rising up, but it would still be beneath him. Like I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. We would be beneath him. So him saying our name specifically is still beneath him. Well, it's funny because I, I feel Within like Within the film world. Yeah, you know, Not height-wise. Yes, I think we're both much taller than him. Yes, yes. Now, the thing is that, you know, he's entirely, you know, able to have his own opinion. But of course. I think he's missing the nuance of what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do, right? Because we are not measuring the Marvel movies of the world Mm -hmm. with the TARS of the world. Mm -hmm. We're not saying Marvel good because make like lots of money. TAR bad because not make lots of money. Right. We were there opening weekend to see TAR in a select theater because we – happened to be coastal elites and we sought out that film as early as we possibly could but we measure an art house film with a different yardstick than we will a rock movie right right and we understand what what is a big hit on the art house front and will sustain this creator Mm -hmm. and enable them to make movies is not the same amount that will get Black Adam 2 made. Exactly. So exactly. the nuance is lost on him. We're not all we're not here saying I can't believe that uh, Armageddon time didn't make 20 million dollars. It must be a piece of shit. Right, right. We're not that's, we're later on we're going to be talking about a new Crunchyroll movie that's opening this weekend and the expansion of Armageddon time. The Crunchyroll film will make more money this weekend, you know, spoiler alert of our sneak preview, Mm -hmm. but we are not sitting here saying that quality-wise, Crunchyroll are better filmmakers than James Gray. Mm -hmm. And it's like everything people do is measured by money because we live in a capitalist society. Now, if you want to say we shouldn't, that's a whole different discussion. Of course. But at the moment, everything we make and we do is measured by money. Now, how much you want to take that to heart and how much you want to value yourself through that is your decision. Yes, yes. And it feels like there's maybe some some sour grapes from his box office failures earlier in his career. He, he's made some spectacular movies that did not make Baffa Bobo. I mean, Raging Bull is a great movie. Uh, but the, it didn't do what Raiders of the Lost Ark did. I mean, I'm sure there is still some, this stems for some, you know, and even though they are great friends and, and love each other's work, you always measure yourself about against someone like Steven Spielberg. And mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg being an Oscar winner and the king of the box office, I'm sure his contemporaries 
have a little bit of they have some feelings mm-hmm. about that and it and here's the other thing i think that everything gets lost in the 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 uh game of of uh uh telephone and i would bet that the discussion of the bo boys and what the bo boys are doing and what the bo boys are saying by the time that information gets to Martin Scorsese, it's definitely bastardized, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, by the absolutely. game of telephone. And I, I think that if Martin Scorsese listened to the B.O. Boys, read Scott Mendelson, and, and, and you know, subscribe to the Exhibitor Relations Co. Uh, newsletters and, and, you know, follow Jeff Bach on Twitter, followed Exhibitor Relations Co. on Twitter you know, or if Martin Scorsese got on Clubhouse and got inside of a box office revival uh, Sunday afternoon, you know, box office discussion, I think he would have a different interpretation and opinion on box office analysis. Well, because right now his image of a person who is obsessed with box office is a big sloppy guy who's got the paper, he's smoking a cigarette at the table, ashing it in his cereal bowl, mm-hmm. right? He's got his his long black socks on and the garters, and he's wearing his, his boxer shorts, and the flap is open. Okay. And he's reading the entertainment section, and he sees the top ten, and he's like, Banshee's a visitor and isn't even on here. That thing must be a fucking piece of shit. Okay, okay. So he's thinking of like a Walter Winchell type gossip reporter. No, Almost. he's thinking of the. This is the guy who's reading the paper. This is the guy reading the paper. Okay, he's in his boxers it, and a tank top. He's in his boxers and a tank top. Okay, got a it. A W beater, if you will. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And he's ashing into his fucking cereal bowl like a like a animal, right? And right. he's looking, and he's just looking at the pure numbers and not looking at this uh, this versus this as to what the expectations are. And he's just writing movies off because they're not, like you said, in the uh, um, uh, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost. Ark. Well, that and you know, I kind of get where he's coming from because that is a scenario that could happen if you're just purely looking at the top ten in your printed out paper newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know that could, but if you are one of our listeners or reader of Jeff Bach, reader of Scott Mendelson, you are getting the analysis that lets you understand what these numbers mean. Mm-hmm. And you have a well-rounded, complete intellectual understanding of the numbers of the films. And I think that is where the disconnect is here. I think it comes down to a disconnect. I think there's a disconnect between Martin Scorsese's uh, understanding of what box office following and analysis is versus what it really is if you listen to something like the B.O. Boys. So I think this all could be easy. Listen, he's the greatest filmmaker of all time. One of. One of. Knows everything there is to know about cinema, champion of cinema. He just needs to listen to the B.O. Boys. And I think if he did repulsive would be one of the the words he'd use least incisive would be what he would say yes insightful non-repulsive i think that would be a word he'd use frequently he would say they're they are non-repulsive as opposed to now he hasn't listened to us so he thinks we're repulsive well just listen to our coverage of terrifier 2 a movie that at the moment, is cresting near $8 million. Yep. Now, if you're just some bum who looks at that versus what Smile made, mm-hmm. then you're uneducated. Right. Because the success of this film is being touted all over the place. And we're talking about $8 million. Right. And, and you don't get more of a champion of cinema than the B.O. boys who have been championing 
Terrifier 2 from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and championing an exciting new independent New York, like Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese, New York born and bred filmmaker, uh, like Damien Leone. So I think all it's true. All Martin Scorsese needs to do is listen to the recent B.O. Boys where we got proof of vomit at the Terrifier 2 screening where I interviewed vomit witnesses. You got a picture of vomit and it was all in the name of protecting and promoting cinema, protecting and promoting theatrical. I think if Martin Scorsese listened to that episode where we got proof of vomit, he would not call the B.O. boys repulsive. No. So, you know, whoever it is that's listening to this, that that has their connection to Martin Scorsese, and we know it's out there because mm-hmm. it somehow got to him. This 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 article was no accident. It's obviously aimed at the Bo Boys. So whichever one of our listeners has Martin Scorsese's ear, get him to listen to that episode. Yes, get him to listen to that. Um, at, if he wants to listen at two times speed, go for it. I can't, but I mean, he talks at two times speed, right. so. Right, and he's got things. He's he's got a Leo movie coming out next year. So Busy guy, he's got. He's trying to, to get that. Apple to get to give him a wide release. And you know what? When that when that happens, we are going to be championing the theatrical release of Martin Scorsese's next movie. So whether he calls us repulsive in the press or not, that that all takes no part in what we talk about on the air because we will be pushing for his film to get a theatrical release. Yes, so we can get the numbers, so we can tout it as a movie that needs to be watched. Yes, yes. All right, so speaking of movies that need to be watched, do we want to talk about what's coming out this weekend, the weekend of Friday, November 4th? Yes, and let's real quickly Mm -hmm. read a little email we got from Wannabeo Boy... Marcus. Go for it. And he tipped us off on this film that's coming out, One Piece Film Red. Mm -hmm. And he said, hi, Clayton and Pat. Hope this finds you well. My congratulations to one of BO intern Chris, Christopher, on joining the team. I'm writing to give you some thoughts on the latest major 2022 theatrical anime release one piece film red which goes wide this weekend this one's kind of intriguing one piece is an incredibly huge franchise in japan but never took off on american tv and didn't become a household name in the u.s like dragon ball z did however it's definitely popular with the anime enthusiast community i myself have minimal prior exposure to one piece because it has Literally a thousand TV episodes, which is insane. This one's performance seems hard to predict. I can't find a theater count, but it seems to be getting a healthy amount of screens in PLF formats. Can this long-running franchise put up numbers in the same league as the newer hit IPs like Demon Slayer? Can it compete with Dragon Ball Super's performance despite its more niche fan base? Crunchyroll seems to be very good at marketing these things. It's it. If it surprises the uh, wait, sorry. If it surprises the upside, will be. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't read this. Our second weekend, three months with anime. Okay, will this be our second weekend in three months with an anime title at one domestically? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said he's Good going job. with 13 million, mm-hmm. but he's not sure. It's tough with this one, like he said, for all these reasons. And sorry, Marcus, it's just my old eyes, and I'm sitting too far away from my screen. Your email was spectacular, as always. Thank you for being our anime correspondent. Yeah, and once again, proof that, fuck it, we do it live. It's a raw feed, because no other show would have allowed that uh, reading of an email by a host to air in its its entirety. entirety. No, it would be... Completely embarrassing for that host. Yeah. And uh, would never be able to live it down. Yeah. But we we will air it in its entirety as is, uncut, Absolutely. uncensored. But unintelligible. The, so 
One Piece film read. This this is something I had never heard of. So again, thank you, Marcus, for sending this to us. Uh, we're we're just so out of the loop when it comes to these Crunchyroll anime films. They these Crunchyroll ads never seems to come across our desk, you know, mm-hmm. they ne- or or the media that we watch. Um, but it's obviously out there. Crunchyroll's obviously getting this in front of the people who may want to see these films. So it's and, not and I would actually I, I would actually wear that as like a badge of honor that, that we don't that get I'm not ads. service these ads because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that means that I'm in a good place in my life. I feel like well, or at least not not that people who get those ads are in a bad place in their life, but we're not in a place we're For not me, in places that we shouldn't be. Yes, you know I think we are in age appropriate places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the, I'm not judging the material by, by anybody else's standards and what they like. Just for me personally, if I feel like I was serving those ads, I, I, I wouldn't be in a good place. I wouldn't be in a place I should be. Like yeah, you said, you wouldn't be in a space that the other people want you to be in mm-hmm. if you're getting Crunchyroll ads. So, I mean, Crunchyroll has been on a roll. Mm-hmm. You know, they had Jujutsu Kaizen Zero. They had My Hero Academia. They've had Demon Slayer. So they bring it for these opening weekends. You know, and as Marcus said, this is not a franchise on the level of Dragon Ball. I mean, even we know what Dragon Ball Z is. Um, never heard of the One Piece franchise. Here's something I'll, 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 throw out there as I Google One Piece film read. When you Google something, they give you the top questions that people ask when you know this topic is Googled. First question mm-hmm. about One Piece film read is, is One Piece film read, will it be canon? And mm. the answer to that, the answer here uh, from something called the dailystar.net is to address the elephant in the room, one Piece film read is not canon. The events oh. that transpire in the movie are wholly independent of the continuity of the main story. However, the film will likely explore elements, shed light on information relevant to the current plot. So it's, it's not, not a canon. must see. Mm, that's tough because if it's not part of the continuity, it doesn't feel like a must see. Right. Why make a film for a franchise and not have it be canon? It's it's like if the Sopranos movie that came mm. out uh, The Many Saints so of Newark. Ago. Yeah, aka the Sopranos movie, which is what it should have been called. Right. If they were like, uh, nah, this is not canon. It's, it's just not. kind of like a story that it could have happened in the right. world. Like, what if this was what Tony's dad was kind of like? But right. it's not truly what he was like. Right. Or it's like it's a story that Tony used to tell AJ when he was a kid. Yes. You know, like a made up story, but yeah. not not a story that takes place in the Sopranos verse. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, does this movie not being canon, does that turn off audiences? Again, it's hard for us to judge what the anime audience wants, but I would think they want canon stories. Yeah. Um so Marcus's guess or marcus prediction not a guess his 13. prediction based on uh research is 13 million i mean these crunchyroll movies usually get around 20 so if he's thinking 13 i don't think it would be lower than that i mm-hmm. mean do you think marcus is overestimating this I trust Marcus in his his understanding of of the, of these, and he said he says in this email he doesn't understand how we do this every weekend, right? Right. With making predictions, because it is you're putting yourself out there. But Marcus, even if you're over, right, or under, you put yourself out there, and that's all we can ask for, right? Right. Because they don't know either. Here, it's like. On Box Office Pro, they're giving it a range from 7.5 to 12 million. That's a that's a really big range. So they don't know. Right, right. So the fact that you're going a tick above that, 
listen, that could happen. It could be 20. We don't we don't know what this built-in audience for this this movie is. I'd be more conservative on this one and okay. I would probably go that this is going to make around 9. Okay. Okay. That's just my my thing, but I'm just being very conservative. Well, I mean the audience that it also would be vying for is, is the Black Adam audience, yeah. Is the Black Adam audience, you know, the Ticket to Paradise audience, there is no overlap between mm-hmm. Ticket to Paradise and One Piece Film Red. There I I don't know if there will be a single person in North America this weekend who will be debating between those two films. Mhm. You know, I think those audiences are as separate as it gets. But the Black Adam audience, you know, the the teens and the tweens and the 20-somethings who were like, should I finally go see this? Or maybe do I want to see Black Adam a second time? They're going to be, some of them will be debating, or do I go see One Piece film Red this weekend? Well, here's the thing with Black Adam. Now that James Gunn is in charge of DC, mm-hmm. is Black Adam going to be canon? I say no. Oh, will it be? I think that's, though, for a... It's very possible that he removes The Rock and Black Adam totally from the continuity, but it won't... That wouldn't have an effect on this weekend, mm-hmm. you know, because no one is being told explicitly, actually, Black Adam is not in the continuity and also the DCU currently has no continuity to it. It does, but it doesn't. It does, but yeah. 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 But I I don't think that's going to be a turnoff this weekend. I think it's just more the fact that as we've talked about black Adam's interest level is definitely a little soft. Yeah. And I think it's not a must see to the point where the black Adam fans are going to definitely see that instead of one piece film red i mean here's the thing to predict black adam last weekend made 27.4 million for the weekend which was a 59 percent drop from the first weekend is there any chance that black adam has another 50 percent drop which puts it at the you know 13 14 million dollar mark and then are we actually looking at a close weekend between Black Adam and One Piece film Red. I mean, we had it with Demon Slayer and Mortal Kombat back in back in the day. I know that was a different situation because that was a day and date, and that was really early post-pandemic. Right. And Mortal Kombat going. is a smaller movie than Black yeah. Adam. But this is Black nah, Adam's um, third weekend. I um, mean, it definitely is. Black Adam opened to more than Mortal Kombat made its whole yeah. run. True, true, true. I think that there is a chance that One Piece Film Red is the number one movie in America. Wow. I do think there's a chance. There's no love for Black Adam out there. I mean, has he still not tweeted James Gunn to congratulate him? Has he still not done that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, you got to do that. You got to do that. It's a bad look to not do it. It's sour grapes. It, It looks petty. It looks small. It looks weak. But has James Gunn reached out to The Rock the way that I, he's reached out to John Cena, second person that he told the news to? Who knows? Who knows? I, I'm sure his people have been like, hey, let's talk. They have to. You have to. When you have somebody like that in your stable of talent at the moment, you you want to sit down and talk to them. I I can't believe James Gunn what, just because he wasn't the second person or the first person he told, I feel like that's a meeting you have to have pretty quickly. Here, here's something I'll ask you. Okay. You know, because this episode, I'm really putting you on the spot with I'm an questions. open book. I'm an open book. What do you think James Gunn, the new head of DC, what do you think he's rooting for this weekend? Does he want Black Adam to be the number one film in America again? Or does he want... Crunchyroll's One Piece Film Red to be number one because if Crunchyroll's One Piece Film Red is number one beating out Black Adam it makes if James Gunn wants to get rid of Black Adam wants to get rid of The Rock from DC his case becomes a lot stronger if One Piece Film Red wins this weekend yeah I think you gotta root for if I'm him 
one piece film red wow because it's one of those things where you know we're not a sports podcast we're not mike and the mad dog huh, huh. but good afternoon everybody how are you today there is a level of you know tanking has become a thing mm-hmm. and i think there's a level of tanking for a project he was not involved with at all that would be positive for him because then if he shepherds something that is successful that's all his then that's a feather in his cap black adam is not a feather in james gunn's cap yes he has nothing to do with that he can't take credit but he wouldn't get blamed for it it's a thorn in his side more than anything okay because okay. if this movie makes 200 million domestic, which it will not, and I said no way in hell, and I, I am firm with that. If this movie made over 200 domestically, then there's kind of an argument to make another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it all depends on this China, China release, if it actually does happen. But again, China has not been a, a revenue stream as much as it's been in the past no. anymore. So China makes really its own matter. blockbusters. They don't doesn't need, need us, Hollywood doesn't anymore. want us. Yeah. And so I think the failure of Black Adam, yeah, if I'm James Gunn, I'm rooting for that. Okay. I, I, I think I'm in that camp too, that I think James Gunn will have a big smile across his face if on Monday One Piece film Red has made 13.2 million and Black Adam has made 12.8. Mhm. Yeah, cuz that would be another like 50 something drop. Yeah. So so what do we think? I mean, do we want to also talk about the other I guess newish movie or or the I, 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 No, I, I mean It's Armageddon Time, the new James Gray movie getting a wider release. I don't Do you know what that means in terms of theater count? Is this movie going to be on 2,000 screens or it's going to be on like It's going to be on screens. 900 screens and the okay. Banshees of Inshirin Inch- are going to be on 850. Okay. So, I mean, here's the comparison point is that last weekend Tar mm-hmm. uh, was on 1,087 screens. Yeah. And it, it, it went wide, added 946 screens. So basically the same expansion that Armageddon Time is going to get this weekend and I guess Banshees is going to get. Get to, you said what, around 1,000 screens? Mm-hmm. And last weekend, Tar made a million dollars. Yeah. Pretty much a million dollars exactly for the weekend. So if Tar is the over-under, where do you think the expanded Banshees of Inisharan goes and where do you think the expanded Armageddon Time goes? Banshee goes over... Armageddon time goes under. Yep. Armageddon time is going to make eight hundred thousand. I agree. I think, I think, yeah. Ban- so Banshees of Inisherin, which if you go back to our fall preview episode that we did in early September with Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., I picked the Banshees of Inisherin as my indie movie that will make some cash. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said you got Colin Farrell. Martin McDonough's last movie made some cash, three billboards, got a best picture, nom, 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 seven psychopaths. You know, he's made movies before that do well in that space. Mm-hmm. And I picked Banshees as the movie that's going to have a pretty good box office run amongst those art house films, you know, more yeah. than Triangle of Sadness, more than Tar. Um, but I think Armageddon Time is the least box office attractive of any of those films yes uh to say to 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 just say it lightly Mm -hmm. james gray does not light up the box office right and martin scorsese we're not saying james gray is not a worthwhile filmmaker we're not saying don't make james gray films nope we're just saying that even amongst this space his films don't light up the box office. Yes. That's all we're saying. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do think that this is going to be looked at as a box office disappointment, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it just doesn't have, I mean, I guess it's got Anne Hathaway. It's got Anthony Hopkins. Obviously, has recognizable stars. But I think you look at something like Banshees that has Colin Farrell and... You know, he was on SNL recently. It's a 
the trailer plays a lot lighter. It looks like a movie that is just promising more of a good time than that, something uh, like Armageddon Time. You completely nailed it. Yeah. Armageddon Time may be a spectacular film. Yes. But the trailer makes it look like homework. Yes, yes. And yes. people don't want homework right now. That's what we talked about last episode when I asked you a question. I mean, that that, that was the, the, the Pat AMA. Right. Where I said, why do you think these movies are not doing well, these art house movies? And you said, because people are... are burdened so much by other things they want to just go to a theater and have fun and banshees looks fun in its own quirky unique way Mm -hmm. and armageddon time does not look like quote-unquote fun right i mean it looks like fun to us because we like that kind of stuff yes we're gonna see it we're gonna see it in the in you know the middle of the biggest city in the world and Mm -hmm. That that's something we're going to do. Again, Martin Scorsese, we're not saying don't go see these films. No. We're going to go see them. Yes, absolutely. We see all films. Um, but I agree. I think of those expansion movies, Banshees should make over a million. It should be bigger than Tar. Mm-hmm. And Armageddon time is definitely less than Tar. So with that said, I don't think any of those movies have a factor in the top five this weekend no i mean last thing looking at all the movies uh right now all these holdovers we're past halloween halloween was this past monday come and gone horror season's over are you predicting just falling off the cliff drops for these holdover horror movies you know halloween ends made four million last weekend smile made five Pray for the Devil open at seven. Of course, the beloved Terrifier 2 made 1.9 in mm-hmm. the final count for last weekend. Great show. So job. will any of those hold and which of those will fall completely off of a cliff? Well, do we want to just do our top fives? Sure. Let's do because one. I, I why don't you go first and give us your top five? We know Halloween ends is going to plummet. Yes. So of the, a, those movies. That's the one. No shot of it being top five. Yeah. Number one, I'm going to go for it because why not? One Piece Film Red, number one movie in America. Wow. Then Black Adam. Then Ticket to Paradise holding. Before Before you move on, then what do you think the numbers are for one and two? Like, do you think Black Adam is sinking down to $10 million? You know, I'm going to go with Marcus here, and I'm going to say 13, even though I, you know, when I was saying I'm feeling nine on this, I'm going to say let's do 13. Black Adam's going to make 12.5, so it's going to be close. Okay. Then Ticket to Paradise with another great hold. Okay. Then... We're looking at a shootout between Smile and Pray for the Devil, and I think Smile's going to win the day because Pray for the Devil, listen, congratulations, uh, the people who made this film, the people who starred in this film, Mm -hmm. but it's just not going to light up the box office. And so I think it's going to be Smile, number four, and Pray for the Devil at number five. Wow. Okay, I mean... I am going to say Black Adam number one. I think Black Adam will make around 14. I don't think it'll be a fall off the cliff drop. I think it'll make okay. 14, maybe even 15. I, I I think it'll have a drop in the 40s for its third weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, then number two, I'm going to go with... You know what? I'm going to go low on One Piece... Film Red. I think number two is going to be Ticket to Paradise. Wow. Okay. I think it's going to make like seven million. Okay. And then I think One Piece Film Red is going to make like five. Wow. Okay. Low um, on it. I'm going low on the Crunchyroll. And then I agree. Smile is going to be number four. It's going to jump over Pray for the Devil. Um, there really is nothing that I could see. There's a huge gap. I, I don't think that anything else could be... Could jump over Pray for the Devil, because last weekend you had Till was number six, and that made 2.7 in its 
release, and I don't think that's going to jump up. So I think by default, Pray for the Devil will make like $3 million or $2 million and still mm-hmm. be number five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, unless... God, unless a Lala Crocodile moves swims up to five, but it I mean that's dead. The Gators got it. We already we already yeah. killed that IP. Um, yeah, so I guess by default, Prey is number five, and at this point, Terrifier Two is on Screenbox. It is available at home. It made one point nine the last weekend. Do you think it has another million dollar weekend left in it? Well, I'm not seeing a theater count for it. Uh, that I know of. So I'm not even sure how many theaters it's going to be in. It would be, to me, it would be strange if it got pulled out of its, because it was in 1,500 theaters last weekend Mm -hmm. and made $1,200 per theater, which was very strong compared to what's out there. So I'd be surprised if it just lost all of its theaters. I think the AMCs would probably give it another week. And then obviously next weekend, Wakanda forever just gets every screen possible. Um, So who knows if it's in a thousand theaters still, it may make a million this weekend. I could see it being in maybe 700 theaters and making like eight, 800 K. Yeah. Yeah. So Which I mean, listen, just I mean, it's all gravy at this point. It's all gravy. Um, so yeah, so I guess next week's, you know, the Monday episode will be the last time we probably are reporting numbers in a real way on Terrifier 2. Mm-hmm. So um listen, you know what we may have to do? We may have to divvy up the vomit for Terrifier 2 on our next episode. All right, we could try. I mean, we 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 promised to do that before. Let's not promise too much here. No, I mean, listen, as as uh, wannabe O intern Christopher once said, don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah, but you know. All right, Pat. Well, uh, where can they find us? Well, email us, of course, at the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail dot com. We love getting your emails. I mean, and especially look at the email we got from wannabe O boy Marcus. So insightful, drove the conversation. You guys are all great out there. So we love getting your emails and your boots on the ground reporting and your predictions. So email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter. Follow specifically our official account that is being run by wannabe oh boy christopher he's making wannabe-o intern christopher wannabe oh intern of course he's he's a wannabe oh intern and he's making the audiogram videos these are excellent they're sweeping the internet and follow us at the bo boys pod on twitter yes well pat i don't think there's anything left to say no except until next time We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.